Welcome to the Rise Up with Julie Baumgartner podcast. In this episode, we have a certified travel counselor, an elite certification status, and the travel industry's benchmark for educational excellence. Our guest has been in the travel industry for seven years, but prior to that, traveled extensively with the company 3M. He is a dedicated professional who has traveled the world, including six of the seven continents, missing only Antarctica. He is a specialist when it comes to travel and vacations. And today, John Hendricks shares his expertise in episode 16, Travel Post-COVID, Everything You Need to Know. So what does travel look like for 2021 and beyond? Well, uh, since we haven't been able to travel for the last year or so, uh, travel looks very good because there are a lot of people who have been sitting at home and uh, they're, they're ready to go. In fact, for the, about the last month, we have been extremely busy uh, booking travel for the rest of 2021 and even into 2022 and 2023. We booked some travel way out uh, a couple of years in, in the future. Are there any restrictions right now? Well, right now, yes, but uh, most people are not uh, coming to see us for travel next week. They're mm-hmm. looking for something in the next several months. And what that really means is that uh, it's anybody's guess is what it's going to be like in August, for example. So we tell them what the restrictions are today, uh, but we tell them to stay in touch because, uh, because it's a very fluid situation. But right now, uh, the easiest place to go, through is, go to is Mexico. Uh, Mexico has no restrictions on traveling to the country, uh, but there are restrictions on coming back to the U.S. because any international travel uh, coming to the U.S. does require a COVID-19 test uh, before you come back. Do you have to quarantine going or coming back? Uh, well, no, not as long as you, uh, as long as you have a, a positive or a negative test, rather. There's no quarantine requirement. There's no requirement at all going to Mexico, mm-hmm. but... Coming back, what the resorts have uh, have set up is the ability to do COVID-19 testing in the resort before you come back. So they're making it very easy uh, for that to happen. I've heard rumors about a COVID passport. I'm sure you have too. What, how real is that? Uh, our, our feeling is that there will be no such thing. Uh, it's, it's certainly, uh, well, I mean, the you may have to, to prove that you've had a COVID-19 te- vaccination uh, or test uh, negative before getting on a cruise ship, for example, uh, or going into certain countries. But, uh, but the government is not interested in setting up a, an ID card or, or system uh, such as that uh, that would be a quote-unquote passport. Something else I heard was that it's almost impossible to rent a car right now. <laughs> What is happening with that? Well, what happened is that the rental car business, uh, rental car companies sold their cars because they would, didn't have anybody traveling and nobody to rent them to. So uh, they basically got rid of most of their cars. And uh, yes, they're having to, to restock their inventory, if you will. So cars are in, uh, in, in great demand now, or they're starting to become in great demand, and uh, they don't have the cars to rent you. When do you think 
they'll be back up in stock? You know, I, I haven't really heard a date about that, but I, w- I would say that they should be able to do that pretty quickly. Uh, you know, cars are in, in, in ready supply, so they should be able to restock their inventory fairly soon. Of course, last year, airline fares were cheap. How is how is this year and right now compared to last year? And do you do you expect a, a hike in price? You know, all travel is uh, is related to supply and demand. So the the more people want to travel, there aren't any more seats in the airplanes. They've taken some out of service, and they'll be putting some of those back in service. But uh, uh, it's all based on on supply and demand. So yes, if there's a lot of, of demand and not enough supply, prices will go up. What are the top three most affordable destination vacations for families in the United States? Oh, in the United States. Now, you threw in the United States there because the, <laughs> the answer I had for you was Mexico or the, or the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. And the reason for that is because of the, of the, the exchange rate between the U.S. dollar and, and the, the local currencies in the other countries plus the fact that they have all-inclusive vacations uh, in, in, these, in the Caribbean and Mexico. As far as in the United States, uh, there's probably not one place that I could point to because there are good bargains everywhere. I know a lot of places or a lot of people are traveling to the national parks now. A lot of people are taking driving vacations. Uh, beach vacation, probably still going to Gulf Shores and the Florida Panhandle would be uh, would be a reasonably reasonably cost uh, uh, place to go. But yeah, there there are, there are reasonable places all over the country. Is inclusive the way to go? The all inclusive mm-hmm. uh, certainly is if you want the full package because it includes. I mean, we literally say an all inclusive package. Uh, from the time you get to the airport, we don't get you to the airport. You have to do that on your own. But once you get to the airport, uh, uh, everything basically is included. Your flights, the transfers from the airport and the destination uh, to the resort, uh, as well as all meals, entertainment, uh, and drinks, including adult beverages, are all included. So, yes, that's a, that's a pretty good package. It's a deal, isn't it? Yes. What if you are a newlywed or want a romantic getaway? Where should you be looking to go in 2021, 2022? Well, the same places, really. We do a lot of honeymoons to the Caribbean and Mexico, again, to the all-inclusive resorts. But some people want to do some things different. We have uh, honeymooners uh, and couples, young couples, uh, anniversaries that go on cruises. We have some that go to Europe. We had some to go to Iceland. I mean, they just go wherever they want to go. It's a, It's one of those... Things where they really spend more money than they than they should, <laughs> but it's their honeymoon or an anniversary, so they do it. What is the most expensive trip you've ever planned for someone, and when they returned, did they say that it was worth it? Well, one comes to mind, and it actually happened just before the COVID-19 situation came up last year, and it involved a, uh, a flight from, uh, from the United States to Bora Bora, Spent a few days, I think it was four days in Bora Bora, boarded a ship in Bora Bora and went to uh, several stops along the way, but ended up in Sydney, Australia, 19 days later. Spent a few days in, uh, in Sydney and, uh, and then flew back. Total cost was somewhere in the $40,000 neighborhood. Right. 
And yes, I mean, some people have that kind of expendable money, and, and if they have it, that's great, and, and it's, uh, it is well worth it if it's in your budget. Did they tell you what was their favorite aspect of the trip? Oh, probably the overwater bungalows in, uh, in Bora Bora was, uh, was a big highlight. It was actually a big birthday. I won't tell you which one it was, but it was, it was a big one. So <laughs> it was an exciting trip for them. What destination is overrated? Hmm. <laughs> Branson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would agree with you there. Well, the thing is, people don't realize it, but they go to Branson and they spend as much money as they could to go to an all-exclusive re- or an all-inclusive resort in in another country. So it really, you know, people don't realize that. They think because it's close, local, that it's inexpensive. It's not. Now, for for listeners who are not local here, what would be an overrated destination within the U.S.? Where does everyone flock to? And in your experience, you do not understand why they would want to go there. Well, I, honestly, I, I don't have a place that, mm-hmm. because everybody has their own desire and, and reasons for going to different places. Uh, the national parks is, is not something on my bucket list, but it is a, it is a big deal for a lot of people. So uh, I can't be critical of that. Some people think uh, train travel is wonderful, and I do too. You know, they they look at taking uh, rail trips. Uh, some people like to go to the big city. A lot of people like to go to the beach, uh, and they're all good. I mean, it's just whatever you want to do. So I can't I can't criticize people for going anywhere that they want to go. No one's ever come back at you and said, oh, that was just, that was a horrible place. It was a horrible hotel. It just, everything about it was just not what we expected. The only time that happens is when people come to us and they have, they have already done their own research or somebody told them that this is uh, such and such a place is where we went and you ought to go there. And we'll take a look at it. And we'll give them our opinion, and we're saying, we don't think you probably ought to do that for this reason or that. It's usually budgetary. It's usually because it's a low cost. Uh, And yes, we've had people go to those places even though we advised against it. And once they got there, we got the phone call while they were still there, fortunately, and said, get us out of this place, you know, get us to another place, which we're able to do. It's not easy, but we can do it. Expedia, TripAdvisor... The internet, Google, everything is so accessible, and everyone believes that they can be their own travel agent, which has worked for a lot of people, and they're comfortable with that. But why should they choose you, or why should they choose a travel agent? What is the advantage of that? Well, number one, the advantage of of using a travel agent is our experience. We only send people to places that we are familiar with, personally have gone there, or somebody, if I haven't been there, somebody else in my, in my office has been there. I personally have been to over 40 countries. I've been to six continents. The only one I've missed so far is Antarctica. Uh, so I can pretty much, in one conversation, talk about the Spanish steps in Rome and turn around and talk about uh, uh, Chicago or, or uh, uh, Paris or Brussels or London uh, in, in the next breath. And that's kind of what's exciting about being in the business is, is that's actually what we do. 
The difficulty with dealing with the online travel agencies, such as Expedia, um, and not to pick on Expedia because they're all basically the same, is that mm -hmm. there's no Expedia Airlines. They're wholesalers. Mm. They book the travel with somebody else. And if you go to the airport and your flight's canceled or delayed or you have a problem, uh, the airlines are not going to deal with you. They're going to say, Who, who'd you book this with? Oh, well, Expedia. Well, then you need to contact Expedia. And try doing that <laughs> when there's a problem. Uh, if you booked it through us, you can call us literally 24 hours a day. We do have a, an after-hours number. People can call us. We can fix problems. Is that typical of a travel agency? I think so. I think so. I mean, there may be varying degrees of, mm -hmm. of ability to help and willingness to help, but I, but I think in general, that's what that's the real value of a travel agent. You have somebody holding your hand. Mm -hmm. It's a level of security. Yes, exactly. And and it doesn't cost you anything. Well, I was going to ask that. I think is it a myth that going through a travel agency costs more money? Well, it, than going online, it, it is a myth if if you believe that. Yes, because we are we are paid. We do not add anything to the cost of a trip. We're paid by the resorts. We're paid, you know, by the rental car companies. We're paid by everybody except the airlines, if you will. Mm. But uh, it's like it's like your insurance agent when you go buy insurance. They don't charge you to sell you insurance, and we don't charge you to to sell you travel because we're paid in other ways. Um, when when you book directly with a cruise line, a resort, uh, Expedia, whatever, you, you know, the difference is Expedia is getting the commission in, instead of us. And it's just the level of service that makes the difference. Got it. If you're booking a cruise or, or a resort directly, they're just keeping the commission. They're keeping the money that they would have paid us. So, you know, essentially we're free. Our services are free to the, to the consumer. Are paid tours good, or could you better spend your money elsewhere? No, I think paid tours are definitely worth the money because you get people uh, who know the, the territory. I mean, they live in the, in the destination. Uh, they're experts. They do, it, they do it all day, every day, which is what I tell people about what we do. We, it's not that we're any smarter than anybody else. It's just we do it all day, every day. And, uh, and we become experts because we do it over and over. For, for somebody to try and book a trip themselves, they're, they're not only learning how to navigate the websites, but they're trying to learn a destination maybe by uh, you know, trial and error. And that's something that we've, we've been there. We've been there and done that So and bought the T-shirt. <laughs> I know you work with a lot of cruise lines. Mm -hmm. And basically a cruise is like an all-inclusive paid trip. In, in your opinion, is it better to take a cruise? If you've never been anywhere in your life, is it better to take a cruise where everything is kind of planned out for you or to take an all-inclusive vacation trip somewhere else? Well, the difference is, is a cruise ship is basically a floating hotel. You get on the cruise ship and you unpack one time, and then the cruise ship takes, takes you from one place to another. So it's a great way to experience different destinations without having to pack and unpack. Uh, and, and you get a variety of things to do. And speaking of excursions, you can do the excursions with tour operators in each of the destinations if you want to. The difference uh, with, a, with going to an all-inclusive resort is 
that's where you are for the five days or a week or however, however long you want to stay. So uh, the cruises are a great way to, and it's not quite all-inclusive. It can mm-hmm. be, but basically the, the, the accommodations, your cabin, um, the, the meals, the entertainment is all included, but typically adult beverages are not, mm-hmm. although they do have packages that you, mm-hmm. can, that you can purchase for that. So it's not quite as all-inclusive as some of the resorts are. But uh, the big difference is that, you know, your, your hotel takes you from place to place, country to country, uh, you know, and you only have to unpack one time instead of, uh, instead of being in one place for the week or whatever time you're there. If you are not a seasoned traveler, do you have any tips to use air miles and hotel points? How do you take advantage of those programs? Uh, all of the uh, all of the airlines have frequent flyer uh, plans or, or programs, and we encourage you to uh, to utilize those. Uh, so, and sometimes they have uh, you know they have uh, promotions where uh, you know they'll give you a discount. Uh, right now, Delta Vacations, if you book through them uh, and have a Sky Miles number, which is their frequent flyer program, you get up to three hundred fifty dollars off the trip. So there, are, we, we certainly encourage people to, to, to use those. Now, the only thing, well, and I, should, I was going to say we can't redeem the miles, but in some cases we can. So, uh, yes, once you accumulate the miles, of course, the idea is that if you travel enough, you'll eventually get a free ticket, and uh, that's a good deal. So, uh, so uh, yes, you, you might as well use those and then come, to, come back to us, and maybe we can even apply those to a future trip. Are there... Better rates for f- departing certain days <laughs> or, or coming back on certain days? Uh, the answer to that is yes, probably. And I say probably because uh, uh, airline ticket prices are based solely on one thing, supply and demand. The fewer seats that are left on an airline or on, a, on an airplane, the higher the price. And that's, how, and that's how they do it. They, uh, they, they actually release prices about 11 months prior to travel. And uh, theoretically, that's the lowest price uh, for the ticket because as they sell tickets, they start raising the price. And that's the reason that if, if, you, if you're traveling next week, you're going to pay the highest possible price because the, the airplane at that point is almost sold out. Is it better to fly out on a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Well, following Monday? up what I was just saying mm-hmm. is that usually, yes, there, there are usually seats available on Tuesday, followed by Wednesday, followed by Saturday. And that's because there are seats available. Because most people don't think of leaving on vacation on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Usually they want to go on the weekend. And there are, fewer, there are fewer flights on the weekend because the airlines really exist for business travel, not for leisure travel. That's interesting. So, but yeah, Tuesday Tuesday is almost always the lowest price. But again, it's supply and demand. So, so when should you come back? Uh, same, you know. Yeah, uh, Tuesday to Tuesday. T- Tuesday to Tuesday. Okay. Would, generally speaking, now, you know, sometimes I've seen other days of the week actually be less, but it's because more seats were happened to have been sold for that particular time. We try and avoid Mondays and Fridays. Why? Business travel. Mm-hmm. That's when business people are traveling. They go out on Monday, they come back on Friday. And that's really the bulk of travel on, on the airlines. On, on those days. Mm-hmm. And how far in advance should someone plan a trip? 
Well, again, as I said earlier, uh, 331 days or about 11 months prior to your return travel is, is theoretically the lowest price. However, 11 months? 11 months ahead of the flight, of your return flight. However, <laughs> the airlines, you know, they, they, this is all controlled by computers. If they're not selling seats um, as quickly as they had planned or as, as they had scheduled to, to sell them, they'll have a flash sale. You know, we don't really know when they're coming. They don't warn us. They don't tell us ahead of time. You just have to catch them. But it is possible for a lower price to come along. Uh, and then, of course, within a day or two, they're gone. So prices are going to go back up. And then, and then as they get closer to travel dates, when there are fewer seats, the prices continue to go up. So it's kind of a game. It's not, it's not scientific. There's nobody... I don't think anybody really knows the, you know, the formula, <laughs> but it's just something. Well, I think everyone about. wants wants that magic formula because they they want to well, be I'd savvy say, with their funds. Sh- I'd say absolutely, and and we agree with that, and we do our best to you know get the best possible price. I would I would say at least try and travel or try and book your travel uh, several months ahead of time, you know, and, and generally speaking, the the sooner the better. Because the chances are prices will go up, not down. What seasons are hot for specific destinations? Well, <clears throat> you have to think of, uh, again, supply and demand, because uh, when do most people travel? It's in the summer, uh, because kids are out of school, especially if it's family, whether it's family or not. That's when most people are traveling. Uh, the other time to avoid are holidays. Because holiday, you know, but sometimes if you're a teacher, I always feel bad for the teachers because they're, they're the ones that get penalized. They have to travel at holidays or summer. <laughs> so, so they end up paying the highest price. But holiday travel is always expensive. And again, it's supply mm-hmm. and demand. People want to travel during that time. And if they're used to traveling on the off holidays and they see the prices at holiday, I mean, they can be two or three times as high on a holiday. Mm-hmm. So avoid summers and avoid holidays if you can. And what about visiting or going on vacation when it is their off season? Is that ever good? Well, I get I get the, I usually get the question this way. I said, "When is the be-, they 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 ask me when is the best time to travel?" And I said, "Well, if you're asking me when is the lowest price, think about this. Mm-hmm. If you're going to the Caribbean, it would be in September and October." Okay. Well, think about why. It's hurricane season. It's a, it's, a, it's a real gamble <laughs> to travel during that time. And, and the resorts know it. You know, they know they don't have as much demand, so they have better prices. But you might be risking being there during a hurricane. So, yeah, it, every, everything is, is based on that supply and demand situation, and the weather can be a factor. In all your—you have traveled the world— Yes. Where have you traveled that was your favorite place and why? Well, I have traveled to the world. The world. I've been to over 40 countries and six of the seven continents, I think I mentioned before. Uh, probably my favorite is not what most people would think, but it's France. And I love the, the south of France, the French Riviera. I've been to Australia for six times. Love Australia. It's a great place. Other places are interesting, but those are probably my favorites. I, I would say France for sure. And why? Well, 
the ambiance. Mm-hmm. I love the French. I like wine. I like uh, uh, food. <laughs> you might tell by looking at me, but uh, uh, but yes, I, I just love the French people, uh, and and I like the country of France, France more than Paris. I love Paris too, but uh, it's. I, I always compare it to the United States. I would say if some if somebody were to come to the United States and say I've been to the U.S. well, and I ask them where they went, they said New York. Well. Have you really been to the U.S.? No, you haven't. So France is kind of like that. There's Paris and then there's France. But I do like France. Is travel open to France right now? Not just yet, but it will be. I believe I just read this morning that uh, they're looking at opening in July. So it's been pretty tough in Italy and France and, and other parts of Europe, but particularly Italy and France. Can you pre-book for something like that? Yeah, certainly you can. In fact, I just booked a trip to Paris over New Year's Eve uh, coming up soon. Or I just booked it a few days ago, but they're planning to go over New Year's Eve, which would be a great, a great experience. But yes, uh, as, long, as long as it's open or conceivably looks like it'll be open, we can book it. Which brings up another question. What happens if you book it and mm-hmm. something happens, you can't go, or they have COVID restrictions or you know, any variety of reasons you can't go? Um, there is travel insurance, and we are certainly encouraging people that are booking today to take out travel insurance to allow you to cancel your trip. Uh, the cruise lines, for example, if they've had to cancel over the last year. I mean, I can't imagine all those ships just sitting in a dock, but mm-hmm. they are around the world. Uh, and they've canceled a lot of, uh, I mean, their losses are in the billions. But they have, they have offered incentives for people to rebook. So if they had to cancel your cruise, they've kept your money, but they've said, okay, if you, well, they've offered refunds mm-hmm. if they had to book. But they've also said, if you can rebook for next year or sometime when we can cruise, we'll give you an extra 25% over what you've already paid. So they're mm-hmm. offering incentives for people to to make new plans and rebook their vacations. Who's offering the most incentives right now? The cruise lines. The cruise lines? The cruise lines are for sure, yeah. But that's only if you had to have your trip that was planned and it was canceled. By them. Okay. Yes, if you cancel, no, it's not the same thing. If you cancel, they'll give you a refund, but it's just what you paid. But if you'll let them keep your money and rebook, they'll give you an extra 25%, or that's been their practice. What is your... Procedure. Say someone comes in and visits you. How do you, if they do not know where they want to go, mm-hmm. what do you say to them? I tell people we're in the business of telling people where to go. <laughs> and where would you? What would you look at and consider in evaluating what you would suggest to them? Well, you want to ask them some questions. You know, have you ever been out of the U.S.? Because most of our travel is international. We do book any things in the in the U.S. as well. But most people. Uh, when they come to us, they're looking for international travel. Uh, and we ask them, you know, is there any place that you've always wanted to go? Uh, I mean, really, everybody has an idea about things. Uh, some people will not get on a cruise ship. You know, we ask them those kind of questions, and, you know, we ask them why. And we just go through it. We try and understand their motivation, their interests, what they would like to do. Of course, budgetary considerations are always a factor, you know, even though people may say they're not, they are, Mm -hmm. they always are. Uh, So we try and learn as much about them and their motivations and their interests as we can and then make recommendations based on that. 
You love what you do? I do. Why do you, why do you love it so much? It's very different. Uh, everybody's different. I, you know, and I've been in sales, I guess you could say, all my life, and that's what I've loved about sales is that every person, every, every opportunity, everything is different. You know, as I mentioned earlier, we can be talking about the Spanish steps in, in Rome in one, uh, in one conversation, and that person walks out of the office and somebody else comes in, and we're talking about Orange Beach, Alabama, <laughs> or the Gulf Shores. Uh, so, yeah, it's just everything is, every, everything is unique, and, and we love that. And where could people find you? Well, they can certainly find us in our office. Uh, we're located here in Fort Smith in Stonewood Village Shopping Center uh, at 74th and Rogers. They can find our website, uh, doremustravel.com. Uh, they can call us on the phone uh, in a variety of ways. But, yeah, we're, we're, we are a storefront brick-and-mortar agency, so we actually have people come in. We don't, uh, we're not just a computer. Do you have a website that has some packages laid out or anything? Uh, not really, because we, we'd like to deal face-to-face. Face. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the best way. Uh, there are some things you just can't do any other way, uh, and we feel that's the most effective way. So, yeah, we'd, we'd like to have you come in and sit down at our desks and, uh, and talk to you and, and find out about you and what you like and, and make some recommendations. And we don't tell you where to go, actually. We, we recommend things, and it's still your decision. As a certified travel counselor, yes. what is your best advice to give to the listeners in the next, from now and through the next year? Well, the best advice, if you're thinking about travel, is get a hold of your travel agent, and that would be us. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, that's the, the easiest way to, to deal with it, is to ha- just have a conversation and uh, find out what things might interest you, and, and we can let you know what's out there. And that's what we do all day, every day. So we, that's, uh, that's the best advice I can give you. I mean, certainly, we like people to, to do research as well. Uh, it's amazing how many times, pe- and trust me, everybody that comes in has done some research. Everybody has looked on the Internet. Maybe that's what even got them interested in travel. But it's happened a lot that people will sit down with us We'll talk. I'll take a look at some uh, some uh, resorts. I'll look at some things. I'll. They may even tell me exactly what they want to do, and I'll pull it up on the computer. And I've had people just sit there with their mouth open, saying, "You just saved me two thousand dollars." Not because we're smarter. It's just we kind of know how to get around and, and look for the right things. But there are there are ways to save money. We can do that for you. Well, I. Hopefully everyone would want to save money. (laughs) (laughs) And they do. Yes. Well, thank you for being here. Well, thank you, Julie. And sharing your expertise with our listeners. And I want to mention again where they can find you. Doremus Travel Incorporated, Stonewood Village Shopping Center, uh, right here in Fort Smith. Our phone number is 479-478-1908. Give us a call. Thank you, John. Thank you, Julie. You've been listening to Rise Up with Julie Baumgartner. Thank you for listening today. Rise up and let's be the best that we can be and listen to this podcast that will both motivate and educate. Thank you. Thank you.